Stuff's coming together on the show, Josh. Stuff's coming together. I've got my Air Comfort Solutions technician on his way to the house. I wonder if I'm going to be losing a pair of shoes over this. I wonder if he was listening. <laughs> I think he's cleaning out the whole wardrobe, the whole closet. I'm just tell you right now, if you can fix this thing without having me buy a new air conditioning, take whatever you want. I have a national championship ring. It's yours. You can have it. If you can get this thing fixed. <laughs> Coach Gasso's probably listening right now. Quit trying to hawk your rings to get a better deal on your AC. I'm totally being facetious. By the way, Coach Gasso, if you're listening, speaking of Patty Gasso, uh, tomorrow, Sooners helping Sooners. Now, I believe we're going to be live from there tomorrow. At least that's my plan. i got to catch up with Coach Pettibone. But if you've listened to the ref with any regularity, you know the greatness of Sooners helping Sooners. And tomorrow at their event, we get a chance to sit down and chat with Patty Gasson. So my day is made. My week is already made, right? Sure, my air conditioning is out. Sure, my daughter has a broken arm. Sure, my car's falling apart. But by God, I get to hang out with Patty Gasso tomorrow. So life is good. And life is great, baby. You know, the I guess the big news that broke over the weekend was um, understanding that this Oklahoma Sooner softball team is going to be uh, a little low. bit stronger again. Haley Lee. Haley Lee is coming to Oklahoma, according to uh, all the reports out there. So that means, and we talked about this on Friday's show, but that means in the span of what a month since the season ended, they've added, you know, two of the best players in the Pac-12, and Alina Torres and Cindy Sanders. They've added uh, one of the best pitchers in college softball, and Alex Tarako, and. They've added one of the best hitters in the SEC in Haley Lee. In All-American. All-American. Is that good? That is good. I had someone – I was filling in on a Fox Sports Radio this week, and I was, filling, I was doing the 5A to 9A show on Saturday morning, and someone hit us up on the text line and said, hey, you're going to love Alex Straco. I've been watching her for four years in Michigan, and we're going to miss her. So really? That, yeah, that's pretty high praise. And I, I tried to bring this up on Friday, but I probably stumbled and stammered around it. But – the um the what's the best way? I guess I can turn off my ringer now that I know the AC guy's on his way. But the most in, important thing about these four transfers, right? And the most important thing about the four newcomers, uh great kids, solid families, good people. But what do they all want to do? They all want to win a national championship. Sure. So they don't come in here with the mindset of, I better get more at-bats or I better get more playing time. They come in here with the mindset of, we want to win a national championship. And I'm willing to sacrifice in order to make that happen. You yep. think about, just specifically, Haley Lee. Everybody's excited because of what that bat, mm-hmm. what her production means for Oklahoma. Let's not forget that a healthy Kinsey Hansen is a terrific player. Terrific. And... So that's just, again, more platooning, more depth there. You kind of like automatically start penciling maybe some of these transfers in. Oklahoma's already got great options on its roster. They've just added to the depth. And when, when over the weekend you start thinking and breaking some of this stuff down, what, what about the signees in this class? We haven't even seen these signees yet that, again, are going to factor in for Oklahoma. So I know it's easy to get caught up sure. in the bright and shiny things, which are the transfer additions here with Torres, with Sanders, with Lee. But, again, for, for any of those folks coming in, 
even Starocco, it's not just some foregone conclusion, okay, hey, that's one of Oklahoma's starting pieces now. In a couple of these cases, probably that's exactly how it will play out. But having options, the depth that Oklahoma and Patty Gasso will have with this roster, it's incredible, Plank. It's unreal. It's absolutely unreal. So kudos to one uh, Coach Gasso, JT Gasso, Jen Rocha. And I know that naturally – oh, and they become the NWO, baby. They're they're going to be as incredible as the message is for OU softball, the foundation of faith and belief and a, a program that does have that holistic mindset that Brent Venables talks about. They go out there and they don't they don't just want to win. Uh, they want to they want to roll. They want to take care of business and they want to do it in a way that I mean, let's face it, is the right way. But also in that, um, also in that they they sacrifice. They sacrifice, and that is that's incredible. And if you're one of those young players, there's some people that freak out like, oh my gosh, what about? What about so-and-so? She signed here. She's a five-star. Blah, blah, blah. Do they do five stars for recruits in softball? What if she gets upset and she transfers? I think it's the best thing that can happen to a lot of these youngsters. right? Jordy Ball played as a freshman. This, this lefty is going to pitch this year. Um, along with Starocco and Nicole May, they're going to have a, a legit four-person rotation this year. I mean, that's wild to think about in softball. But in that – Yeah, it's insanity. For some of those freshmen, like SJ, Garen coming in, she's going to get a year to learn. And, you know, you think about those freshmen from last year, like Q, and you think about Hannah Kaur, and they had a chance to not necessarily – well, Q did redshirt, but some of them not necessarily redshirt, but have a season where they really learned, and they got to get better. Sophia Nugent. So it's not just, hey, what if they don't play and they transfer? Okay, well, that's going to happen. But there's going to be people that also use that opportunity to get better and improve and set themselves up for success down the road. So Haley Lee on her way in. And guess what? You already had this with the T.R.A. Jennings and Jada Coleman right. and Riley Boons and up in Grace Lyons. Up and down the roster, you could say this for what Oklahoma had, the championship DNA, that mindset that it's contagious, right? You see the way that your teammates work and – you replicate that if you're a freshman coming into this program, but this just reinforces it. Yeah. When you have players like Starocco, like Torres, like Sanders, like Haley Lee that are willing to come here to Norman and potentially see less at-bats, right? Not start every single day, but right. they're coming here because they want to be a part, what, a part of what Patty Gasso and Oklahoma have built. When you're a freshman and you're around that every single day, Okay, if you crack the lineup as a true freshman, wow, you're pretty special around here. But if you don't, then guess what? Like you said, you get that opportunity to sit there mm -hmm. and learn and develop and not get pressed into action right away. And, oh, by the way, look, you're not around, quote, unquote, professionals because, again, it, it is amateur athletics at the University of Oklahoma. But, man, you're around professionals at OU. Um, hey, just a couple quick texts on this from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Because Ron had asked, how will Patty keep the newcomers and returning players happy with portal transfers? Uh, and, yeah, I, yeah, Ron, he just barely got the text. Oh, you answered my question. But it's, it's an understanding that every day is competition. And that's not for everyone. I want to be honest with you. When I was 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, I probably wouldn't do well with everyday competition. I would need to know, all right, I can, I've, I've won this job. Or I, and I wasn't – 
an athlete at this level, but me mentally would struggle with that. And some people do. They want to know that they're going to play. They don't want to have to fight for their job all the time. Um, some people would say that, well, Jocelyn Allo never had to fight for a job. If Jocelyn Allo went through an 0 for 14 or a 2 for 17 streak, she probably would have been coming off the bench. Grace Lyons did not start a game this year early in the season. I mean, they, you're in constant competition, and it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. I completely and totally understand that. And guess what? If someone says, we've seen it. It's not for me. They go somewhere else, and they do great. They do great. They have great careers. But it's it's a different breed. It's a different sure. person. Um, and the rewards are, I mean, limitless. What you can accomplish here. Who I, I always get confused. Is it Torres that's coming as, as the shortstop or Sanders? You know, everyone's like, what do you immediately someone air comfort solutions text line someone texts in and says didn't Kinsey win a gold medal this weekend well don't don't get yes but nobody's saying Haley Lee is coming in to replace Kinsey Hansen Haley Lee is versatile Haley Lee can play first she can play the outfield she can DP sure Kinsey Hansen has shown she can play first don't get caught up in people coming in and what position Taking they play spots, yeah. Alyssa Brito came in as an all pack 12 freshman shortstop Sid Romero was an all world shortstop that had never played any position other than shortstop and she became one of the greatest third basemen. Same for Kaylee Clifton when she came in from Wayne. Shortstop. T.R.A. Jennings was a shortstop. Jada Coleman came in as a left-handed shortstop, one of the best center fielders in the game. Don't get caught up in positions. And you've shared time and time again that great story where Patty Gasso <laughs> said, hey, run out, uh, everybody run out to your position. And what was it, Every, seven or eight? Yeah, like seven players went to shortstop. <laughs> right. I was it's like everybody had played shortstop. But you figure, uh, figure out a way to get – all of these talented mm-hmm. players in spots where they're going to help you. Okay, question. We have an Air Comfort Solutions text that can trigger the entire ref radio nation. Or we can hear Pierce's day. I kind of want to hear from Pierce. because what, we, what is the text about? Uh, Caleb Williams. Okay, that's you what I figured. It, okay, know? yeah, let's wait until next segment. Let's hear yeah, from let's, Pierce. Let, let's do that. And, and I still have more. My, um, I want to make this very clear. Because I was, I was, I like to take pictures because I have that long reach, right? I can, I can reach out and get good pictures. So I want, I'd love that we've already heard from so many people on the super secret Textoso line, which you are now all a member of, uh, from the experiences on Saturday. So that's been great to see. And yeah, just in talking about the 212 degree foundation, it's, it's real. It's gonna be something pretty special. It really, truly is. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back our intern Pierce. Who was front and center? Do we have a clapping sound effect? Isn't that what fancy radio shows? We need to have? just like pull a cut from the Howard Stern show that's when they're right. all clapping. Yeah, exactly. Or the the Pat McAfee one. Where it's like, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, first of all, so Friday, what did you end up staying on Thursday? Take me through why you guys didn't leave until so late on Thursday. Or had you driven late on Thursday? I uh, Just some of my friends, I needed to take them to the airport later in the night. And ah, so gotcha. I'm from Fort Worth. Oh, okay. And so I just stayed in Fort Worth that's with where my I wasn't, family that night. That's right. That wasn't connecting the dots. I did pick up a follow, I think, from a couple of the Leffelholtzes on Twitter. You did. This past you definitely week. did. My little brother is very excited to followed be followed him back. by Chris Plank. Followed yeah, him back. He's been telling Listen, all his friends about it. That's Listen, cool. Let me, let me tell you something. If uh, if you are a friend of Pierce, you are a friend of mine, so I follow you back. That's right. You're but part of the family. Take me through just – because it was funny. <laughs> I'm going to try to find the text that you said. It's weird. One minute you're in the middle of a press conference and you're watching Mike Gundy. The next minute you look over and you're in the bathroom and there's Mike Gundy. It's just yeah. – Big 12 Media Days is wild because it's just un- unfiltered, almost unlimited access. Yeah, it is – 
constant there are people walking around like when we first show up we set up a camera uh on like this little stage to film like the main stage mm-hmm. uh you know when the new commissioner was coming out and then all the coaches go um but then once we set that camera up we literally just take cameras around and we just take our mics and whoever's out and free you you know we get you know b-roll of Brent Venables and the new commissioner that kind of thing and if you can find a, a player you know you start talking to him so on the second day um I was given Kansas and Texas Tech almost as a joke. Uh-huh. Um, we we all kind of so there was there was a handful of us that went, and we all kind of got assigned different teams, and they gave me Kansas and Texas Tech kind of as a a bit. But I, I kind of had some ideas what I was going to do. So going into the second day after the Kansas story, uh, I was kind of filming some B roll, and I saw this Texas Tech player just sitting on this couch by himself, not doing a thing. So I walked up to him and I was like, I'm just going to ask him about uh, the new like renovations and that kind of thing. I ended up uh, doing a, a story on all four of the players. All of them were super nice. It happened in like 20, 30 minutes, and I had it done by noon. And it happened like just like that. So Look wow, at that. it's it's kind of it's kind of weird how fast things can go too. It was always the the interesting thing. Is there a cowboy here? Oh, that's I'm sorry. He's <laughs> I just looked back. That's uh, Luann's husband is here to deliver magazines. <laughs> He, well, he had he had a sweet fedora hat on. I thought it was a cowboy hat in the background. Uh, the the craziest thing for me about Big Twelve Media Days is is, and I haven't been in a couple of years. I don't think I've been since I moved down to Norman. We need to make it a point to get down there next. I think year. we I, say that every year at this time. I, I well, probably. I mean, we need to go to SEC Media Days next year. There I've been go. told, I've been told that's the joint. I've been told that's legit because it's a week. I mean, it's oh, really? a week long. They literally. They get there on Monday. They do some preliminary things. Coaches start talking tomorrow, Wednesday, Thursday, and then they have events on. So it's a week-long event, and I've been told it's a can't miss. Uh, but back to Big 12 Media Days, it was always amazing how certain people you just know you're not going to get to talk to, right? Yeah. Like you're just stalking around, and it's like, ah, gosh, and there's too many people around Dylan Gabriel. There's too many people around Sark. But, like, the dudes you got to talk to, sometimes there might be a guy um, who was – this is a terrible memory – but it was the Texas Tech quarterback that ended up beating Oklahoma, Daigie, Seth Daigie. Like, literally no one was talking to him, and I just grabbed the microphone and talked to him for like 20 minutes. You know, it's just you end up having these conversations with people where you just – you never expected it, and you learn something about him, and it ends up being pretty cool. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. We ended up getting a lot of pretty cool uh, interviews. The only person that we wanted to interview that we didn't was uh, B. John Robinson. But we got, uh-huh. we got a one-on-one interview with B.V., Dylan Gaber, all the OU guys, uh, Mike Howe did a great job of getting us access to those guys. But it was crazy. Like, the very first day, uh, they all kind of set up all the cameras around. Uh, it was Baylor and Oklahoma State. Like, right. like a bunch of people on them. And so, like, Kansas, um, West Virginia, there weren't a lot of people there. So, that's where I kind of stayed most of the time because there's stories to be had there. Do, do we want to play some of his – Kansas VO audio. Do you want to? We got yeah, we it right here. Who have, you guys, have you guys seen my Texas Tech one yet? No. I, I think I retweeted it, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you quote tweeted it. Yeah. Oh, is that is there a difference? Is it quote better? tweet is when I put something on it there. Yeah. Um, I don't. It got a lot of uh, Twitter love. That's for sure. Man, I tweeted that was, a lot that from that women's yeah. clinic. Holy smokes! You're like, fired up. Um. Oh yeah, here it is right here. You want to listen to it? Sure. So this is Dadarian. Dadrian. Dadrian Taylor. Uh, Hodges? No. Dimerson. Dimerson, that's right, yeah. All right. And uh, this is, he's from OKC. Oh, okay. Very good. Let's listen. All right, Adrian. You know, you're a hometown kid, you know, from OKC area. Sure. How does it feel playing OU, OSU, and the Big 12 over here? 
Um, it, it feels pretty good. My uh, my family, we grew up uh, Pokes fans, so it's like it's always. All right, always this interview is over right now. I'm just kidding. So why do when those guys play us? My cousin also actually plays for OSU, uh, Jason Taylor, uh, the second. So it's always fun playing against them. And then I've always grown up against OU. You know, it's uh, it's always good going back home, especially uh, to those uh, both of those stadiums. It's just not. I've dreamed about this for a long time, and now I'm, at, now I'm actually doing it. It's like, and it's making all it's making all kinds of sense to me now. So in high school, you were running back. Yes. Now, complete opposite side of the ball. I know. You know, how, was that hard? <laughs> like, you know, can you explain, explain that transition for me? Yes. At first, it was hard because I've never like, I've never practiced it in my life before. Like, I didn't play. I didn't play a lick of defense in high school. But I'm an athlete. You know, I was a really good basketball player. I was a really good defender. So I just took what I what I knew from basketball to the game, and then. As I started getting more comfortable, I started getting more looser in my technique, smarter at the game, started understanding start understanding splits, what routes are going to be uh, ran at this, at this time, what the offense is trying to do to the defense, to the, to the coverage that we're in. So it's been, this uh, last three years have been very, very amazing to me, very amazing. All right, you got a nickname, Rabbit. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to need an explanation. I feel you. So uh, I actually just, <laughs> this is my third time getting this one today. Oh, really? it's, okay. it's good, though. It's good, though. I love, I love talking about it. So uh, when I first started playing football, uh, my mom knew this guy, uh, ex-military, and he had a football team that was a year older than me. So I got on his team. I'm going to practice. I'm by far the littlest kid. I've never been in pads before. You know, all these kids have been playing for a long time. Um, and uh, they give me the ball and I just take off running. Like, I don't want to get tackled. I don't want to get touched. So they call me like, they said I was moving like a little bunny rabbit. So I had, I had my name was B-Rabbit for a long time to like fifth grade. And then when I got to middle school, the B just dropped. And then... It's just been rapid ever since then, and it's just been stuck with me forever. Well done. Oh, 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 oh. Goals yeah, still are like specific skills that you were working on this offseason? I'm winning the Jim Thorpe. <laughs> Whoa! So I, had to, I had to grab the microphone so you, so you believe me. You know what I'm saying? That's the goal. And we also want to be here in December, so, you know, that's, that's the goal. My personal goal is the Jim Thorpe, lead the Big 12 in interceptions, first team all Big 12, to get this right here. That's what it's going to take. He's pointing, by the way, to the Big 12 championship. He took trophy. the mic away from me. He literally he took grabbed it from the mic. me, looked in the okay. camera, told I'll me. I'll save him some time. They won't be back. Rule for number the Big 12 one you're not supposed to give up the mic. But when even Joe Rogan gives up the mic every now and then. So sometimes you're just going to lose the mic. But for that, I'd probably give it to him. I was pretty cool. There you go, Tech Tina. You're well, welcome. Well done. <laughs> yeah, good That's job. Well done, Thank dude. You. Thank you. Rabbit. Do you think the B Rabbit was dropped after, um, gosh, that movie would have been out for a long time? Eight Mile? By the time he got in high school, because <laughs> yeah, B. Rabbit wasn't necessarily a character that you wanted to be associated with from right. that movie, right? A friend B. Rabbit did shoot himself. Yeah, I don't think his friends have probably seen that movie. That's probably fair too. It's right. I keep thinking. I keep thinking Eight Mile came out. Oh, that's out for like a couple years like ago. Two thousand four. Yeah, right? was, he probably wasn't even born whenever it came out. <laughs> I need to put that on my bad movies to watch this summer. So, uh encapsulated take us back what was it the, the lasting impressions from big 12 media day what really caught pierce's attention uh i guess it's just like the the opportunities that younger journalists can get um you know i kind of went into it just kind of learned like the little things i thought i was going to get some scrap stories every now and then but we got you know the same access as everybody else sure um, we weren't treated any different and like you guys said nate Fakin earlier he, he this is like i was like his third day being the new sports director at, at OU uh, Journalism College, so he was super helpful, and just like the opportunity, the opportunity itself uh, was very surprising. Also, the food at AT&T Stadium was really good. Oh my gosh! Don't get gay bikers started on the food <laughs> at AT&T Stadium. It is incredible, and they take good care of you. Well, that's awesome. 
I'm glad I'm glad you got to experience that. And job well done. Just in in the future. They don't treat radio people as well as they do TV people. Oh uh, no, I could tell. I literally so, you talked about like how yeah. like they kind of like put like radio row on the end and right, I right, literally right. watched it happen. Literally, you could be at that whole event and not realize there's radio stations there. <laughs> like, "Oh, what where's the radio guys at?" All right, well done, Pierce. Well done. All right, quick break. Um we're a little bit more on the clock this hour. We've got some good air comfort solutions text. A lot of people checking in from the ladies' clinic this weekend. I'm I'm so pumped. It was awesome to hear from all of you. Uh, make this a make this an event that you want to be a part of in 2023, no doubt. But there was some interesting news as it pertains to Oklahoma off the field, and it doesn't even really pertain to Oklahoma for some reason. But yet, it always seems to pop up. We'll dive into it next. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. It is 10:27. On a Monday. Did you have a good weekend, by the way? It was a surprise Did I ask you weekend. this already? Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's all good. Pierce, how was your weekend, man? It was great. A wonderful time. Got to move my grandfather back to Norman from Colorado. How about that? Mm. Oh, back from Colorado to Fort yeah. Worth? or Yeah, he, no, uh, to Norman. Oh, okay. So he's from Wewoka. I don't know how familiar you guys are with I'm Oklahoma. familiar with Wewoka, baby. Yeah, Come so on, I'm on the rodeo circuit That's now. like my whole family. So they're from really? Wewoka, and then he moved to Colorado for a little bit, and now he's going to live in Norman. That's awesome, dude. Well, congratulations. Moving sucks. It was hot. It was very hot. He got paid, though. Oh, you didn't yeah, get paid? Yeah, I got paid a little bit. Okay, yeah, that's, so good. that's good. That's good. It was good. Out. It was good. What did I uh, – Did you watch a lot of golf? I did, yeah. Man, I was so disappointed Roy couldn't get it done. I this was weird because I I think I'm I'm sometimes like the guy that's a fan of a band and then when that band becomes famous, I get mad that everybody else is a fan of him, so it's like Poof. that's kind of where you're at with Rory. That's exactly where I am with Rory right now. It's like, I'm all in. I'm like, let's go, Rory. And then Twitter is like, yeah, come on, Rory. You got this, Rory. And you're like, nah, I'm, I'm like, for somebody else. Oh, my gosh, I don't want to be. If that guy's rooting for him. And then, honestly, I won't lie, Shep, Andrew Shepard, Spotter Shep, started tweeting about Cam Smith. And he goes, here comes Cam Smith. And I hadn't even, like, TV wasn't showing him very much. They were infatuated with kind of Victor Hovland's implosion and – and again, that's a little bit unfair, but you know, in no, he was. Rory, yeah, I mean, look, he was not good on yeah. Sunday, Hopland. But he had a great tournament, and then you would ask the question during the break: you know, Did Rory blow it, or did you know Cameron go win it? Did Rory choke? I guess is the better way to put it. So hard to say, right? I mean, there there was a little bit of chokiness to where he had an opportunity to maybe put some separation and missed a few putts here or there, but and ne- didn't position himself. No, you know, I thought. I don't know that he was aggressive enough at times. You heard the television broadcast talk a little bit about that. Whereas Cam Smith, I mean, you're you're playing from behind. You start the day four shots back. Mm-hmm. You have to go out there and really pin seek and be aggressive. Yeah. And actually, Cam Smith, Plank, like, if you watched that whole round, shot for shot, once the leaders teed off, Rory and Hovland and – Oh, I did. I watched early, yeah. So – Cam Smith missed some birdie opportunities early. I mean, he had a chance. What did he shoot yesterday? 65? Yeah, and it was one of the lowest rounds in a final round ever. Plank, he could have shot 62. Wow. You know, I mean, he missed some birdie putts early that he could have had. But, uh, I don't know, it's hard for me to come away from that final round and not feel like Rory didn't – it's difficult because he shoots two under, right? It's not like he was terrible. He didn't play the Hovland round that we saw yesterday, and yet, man, you got a four-shot lead on everybody not named 
Victor Hovland. And the guy that you played with in the final pairing struggled, shoots two over, and you you can't get that done in the Open mm. Championship. When you haven't won a major in eight years on a course that was playing so easy and gettable all week, there is an element of he blew it to it. I don't know if I can outright say he choked. He had some opportunities. He had some opportunities. But it was fun. I enjoyed it. It's crazy because while the British Open are the Open Championship, what what do they call the Open Championship winner? There's like some weird phrase for it. The champion golfer of the year. The cha- <laughs> Which sounds like something you give to a five-year-old. Congratulations, little buddy. You're the champion golfer of the year. And here's your bag of orange slices. Um, so I, I was cracking up about that all day long. But the, the Open is so early on Sunday that literally by Sunday night, you're like, oh. When was that? Like two days ago when that happened? And, and I was so invested because it's done by – what time was it done by? It was done by noon, 1 yeah. o'clock. It's what, over. 1.30 or whatever. It's great. Listen, note, note to PGA, start every single tournament at midnight, and then we'll just be all in on it. But real, yes. real quick, before I get to True Sooner at 405-329-9000, and if you want to jump in on the Riverwind Casino line, we'd love to hear from you, 405-329-9000. On Saturday morning, I get up to do a radio show. Five to eight, uh, five to nine a.m. Central Standard Time, and I notice that Texas Tech play-by-play guru Jeff Haxton is at a little league game, and he's he's sharing pictures of his son who is pitching in said little league game, and I texted him, I said, "Are you up? Are you guys playing right now?" <laughs> and he replied, "He goes, yes." I guess they played through the night. Now, I didn't for think for little league for little league. Now, what th- little are we talking? Like, could you tell? Like, it look. I think his. Oh, I think he's like thirteen. I think okay. his son is like okay. because I think his so son. So it's not is, like it's not like coach pitch, right? Okay, like, okay, okay, cool. It's not like you had the five year olds out there, and it's and it's five in the morning. It's like let's go. <laughs> I understand West Texas heat, but they had one game that started at like one a.m. And they had one game that started at 5 a.m. with the first pitch. Hmm. It's I get beating the Heat, but that's a little bit of lunacy, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I would say so. Gosh, 5 a.m. Can't Let, you play at like 9 p.m. or something? Right, you play later. You completely throw. And there hadn't been any rain or anything. So I still haven't quite. And Jeff didn't have a, an explanation. I'm like, why? He goes, I don't know. It's just what they do. So five. Think about that. Imagine if your kid comes to you and it's like, Dad, we got a Little League game. It's at 5 a.m. Like, You're not playing this week, son. I'm sorry. <laughs> because that's not you wake up at, at, at 4.45 and, no, you got to probably get the kid there by 4 a.m. so they can stretch. Ridiculous, man. You're not playing and also we're moving. <laughs> we will be moving to somewhere a little bit less smoking hot. All right, so True Sooner, welcome to the show. You get to wrap up this segment for us. What's up, True? How's it going, man? Uh, it was a great weekend. How was yours? It was good. It was good. Hey, I was gonna. I was just kind of thinking about it because I, I think OU softball. If they, I mean, they're. It's going to be an upset if they don't repeat, right? Yes. I mean, I mean, I mean, kind of like last year, it was going to be an upset if they didn't win two in a row. So my question is, I've done some checking around on the you know the internet because it's never wrong. Um, I was going to ask you. It doesn't look like anybody's ever repeated. Not even UCLA. Uh, Arizona three-peated, I want to say. Did they? Are you sure? I, I, hold I'm on. Looking. 
Let me double check. They may have year by year. But if if they are, by the way, someone just sent a picture of an Air Comfort Solutions van on Airport Road, which brings me so much joy because that means it's almost to my car. Thank you, friend. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, they didn't. Six and seven. They didn't. And uh, they, they did 90, 93, 94, uh, 96. So you're trying for so, – what you're saying is we're trying for a little history here this year. Well, I, I was surprised because of as many as, many as UCLA has got. But I, I don't know, man. I, I, I've never seen a team – that like doesn't care about pressure. At UCLA pressure. won. UCLA won three in a row in '88, '89, and '90. Now they had to give up the '89 championship because oh, okay. uh, Coach Backus was. Uh, well, I don't. Okay. I don't understand the story. I've just read the tea leaves, but they had some issue with with uh, scholarship money and gear and things of that nature, which I think we so, would look at today and be like, really? Yeah, who cares? Right, right. But UCLA won three in a row in the late '80s. Okay, I see that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but I mean. I don't. I don't know of a team. I'm trying to think back to teams, not just not just softball, but just I guess Alabama football would kind of be that. To where like the pressure just doesn't even. I mean, and of course they don't. You know, this year how many? You know, how many times do they do they face? Uh, you know, pressure this year. I mean, what maybe three times the whole year. Where they really felt like you know we we could lose this game. Um. I, mean, I, I think there was some nerves after losing that first game to UCLA, you know, not even having a right. runner in scoring position, yeah, I think. Right, but they showed you how they'd overcome adversity all season long. And it's kind of wild, too, when you think about it. The only game that you look at and you think, yeah, they got beat. I mean, and oh gosh, I'm not trying to disrespect any win because Oklahoma State went out and won the Big 12 championship. Okay? Right, right. But again, right. Oklahoma was without Jordy Ball, and that was the first weekend where they were without her, and the thought was she might be done for the entire postseason. Um, and I don't know if Oklahoma – well, I think they're going to win a national championship, but who knows confidence level for Hope Troutwine if, if you know she doesn't go through that adversity. But no, 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 you're right. They've got to – They've got the kind of roster. Well, there'll be conversations about running the table this year. You're right. And I, I just, like I said, as far as the pressure goes, you know, I just, I was trying to think of teams, and Alabama might be the only one in football that's like, just like almost immune to pressure. Yeah. It seems like. Oh, but, but, that, right, but the, I appreciate it, true. Yeah, they're going to face some. Listen, it's not going to be a, as my, my man Rube, great caller, uh, once said, it's not going to be no, uh, no uh, cake in the park. So it's not going to be any cake trip, any walk in the park. It's going to be there's going to be push this year. Oklahoma State's got a couple transfers coming in that are going to be good. Patty's going to schedule up. They're going to play a challenging schedule. Now, the problem is, and just let's have a real moment here. Nobody wants to come here and play. Nobody wants to come to Norman and play. And you know, you're literally having to almost beg, borrow, and steal to come up with these agreements to get teams to come here. But we'll see if they can pull it out. We'll see if they can make it happen. That doesn't make a lot of sense either. It shouldn't be that difficult to set up routine home-and-homes with a couple of these top opponents out there, you would think. I mean, look, playing OU, losing to OU is good for your chances to make the NCAA tournament, to host in the NCAA tournament. Mm. If you beat them, then, boy, you really tossed a feather in the cap. You're right. You're absolutely right, but but I don't know. I guess not everyone sees it like you do, Josh Allen. No, everybody's scared. I guess. <laughs> All right, quick break. When we come back, right here on the ref, it was a good weekend for recruiting. 
Oklahoma continues to add to its class. It was a great weekend for the 212-degree foundation, the 212 Foundation. We'll tell you what we learned next, as well as your Air Comfort Solutions text right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show on The Ref. You know what we haven't really done too in-depth yet today on the show? Is, is we haven't really hit the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Let's hear from the people. <laughs> Potter. Potter. My man Potter in Dulcer writes. Also, Tyron Lewis is a cousin of Rube. Rube was one of the legendary callers, Josh, to when we did afternoons on the buzz. And uh, I tried to reach out to Rube not too long ago because I had heard that he was kind of battling some health issues. But Rube was a gym, man. He'd always let you know that Tyron Lue was his cousin. Big, I think he was a big – wait, I say big Lakers fan. He was, a Lake, he was a fan of every team, literally. And his all-time classic moment was when he called the show and, uh, and, and Kane was worried at the end of, of – not WrestleMania, one of the Raws, and he was wondering if The Undertaker was really hurt. So I guess in that, probably Kane's best acting job, if you would go back. Dude, are – how many pieces of gum have you had during this show? I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that my I, I have very similar. My kids, that's what they get me for. It's funny that you do it because I can't do it when I talk. But literally when I'm off the air, there's always gum. Like they bought me a 10-pack of gum for Father's Day. That was my Father's Day gift. So the problem is at least – what have you gone through so far? Let me see the pack. <laughs> I, I don't know. A lot of it. <laughs> Holy smokes, dude. Oh, it's not as bad as I thought. Three, there's not 12 pieces left, so. You can, you care about how I don't care about my breath during the show. Sorry, Steel Man. I just care for you. Oh, I'm fine. Trying to make this a comfortable Rube. experience for Rube, you. Rube, that's good stuff. Uh, True writes, was there, any, was there anyone Patty didn't get that she wanted out of the portal? Um, Good question. I don't – probably I not. I haven't that Wichita State girl for a while. Yeah, okay. Can, but can she we, was never in the portal, right? Exactly. I don't know where that came from because I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people brought up Ashley Barnard. The Barnard kid. The Barnard kid. And it was funny because – I'm still hoping with she transfers here. Right. And and we had Justin on from um, D1 Softball, and he said, listen, I don't think she's in the portal. And I don't know if people just saw that she hit a lot of home runs and thought, hey, she yeah. needs to come to Oklahoma. She's at Wichita State. It's right. not as good. But, yeah, she was she was never in the portal. So, I I mean, fair question, but I just don't – I don't think that that's a situation that Patty would ever talk about. And I think she well, pretty she much can't. got everyone she wanted right. She can't come back like, well, I really wanted uh, so-and-so that ended up at Auburn, but we tried. <laughs> uh, Kelly in Perry, Florida writes – Love the show. What, if any, does Oklahoma and Texas leaving the Big 12 after next year? Oh, what of – in three, two, one. Oklahoma and Texas potentially leaving the Big 12 after next year. And what new members next year would you like to see Oklahoma play home or away? Okay, so if you go back to what the commissioner said from the Big 12, he he wowed us all, right? Sounded great. I thought he was a very eloquent speaker, but was very short on details. There wasn't a lot detail-wise that you got from him when you were like, all right, this dude's telling me something. He was very, gosh, can I use the word almost clandestine in some of the way that he approached things, even whenever 
even whenever he talked about the future of Oklahoma and Texas in the Big 12. And everything was with the caveat of the best interest of the Big 12. Well, and his, what is the best interest of the Big 12? I don't know. Is it keeping Oklahoma and Texas around until 25? Is it moving forward? I don't know. Um, I don't know how he feels about that. It's pretty obvious how the presidents feel about wanting to keep them around for the next two years. It also depends on what the new media rights deal looks like. I don't know. I say you subscribe to Mike Gundy's theory. Just let them go. Let them get out of there. Why are they in anything? They're off to the SEC anyway. But that's not good business. So I, if you're talking about getting out of the Big 12 before 25, I've been a firm believer that they would never play in a 14-team Big 12. Firm believer. Now that's starting to waver a little bit (laughs) with the way things have gone recently. But if USC and UCLA is going to be in the Big 10 by 24 and that's the start of the SEC meteorites deal, just get them over there. Find a way. Come to some sort of an agreement. I don't know. I don't know. Is there a scenario where Oklahoma, in your mind, is there a scenario where Oklahoma does in fact play next season in a 14-team Big 12 conference and then still leaves early for the 2024 season to go to the SEC? Yes. There is. I think now, so. It would, but that's just speculation. I haven't talked to anyone on No, r- right, which you kind of have to toss that caveat out there every time we discuss this sort of topic. This is not – this is Plank's opinion. My opinion. My right. opinion. <laughs> it would have to be a – severely renegotiated buyout though Mm -hmm. right i mean if you're talking about it's just for one season that you're not going to be a part of the big 12 conference of the grant of rights you're not paying 80 million to not be here right in 2024 at that point and my thought process has always been man the closer you get to the end of the grant of rights why don't you just stay sure if it's just one more year versus if the two options are stick around one more year or pay $80 million, I mean, to me, the the more seasons that you're still in the Big 12 Conference and the less that you have to buy out of the grant of rights in the Big 12 Conference, I mean, the closer you get, why don't you just stay? Yeah, and, and again, it's going to be real interesting because, you know, if – if Mike Gundy wants to be all, well, Bedlam's over, okay, well, we'll just go ahead and play BYU and Cincinnati that year, and we'll just go ahead and drop Bedlam now. I mean, that's the kind of petty that I am. If I'm if I'm Oklahoma, you want to talk about how Bedlam is over and it doesn't matter to you because of a few decisions by people, okay, great. We'll play BYU and Cincy uh, in 23 instead of Oklahoma State and West Virginia. We'll go ahead and we'll play then – Houston and UCF in 24 instead of Oklahoma State. Eh, who needs it? Right? I don't think the Big 12 would sign up. For well, that. I mean, listen, in Mike Gundy's world, it's over, so let's just go ahead and move on. Why Why wait? Let's just go ahead and play those teams now. And you know what? I think it's only fair since they're new members of the league. Let's make those – we'll give them home games. Let them go on the road there. Again, I'm being somewhat facetious, but, yeah, I've been a firm believer from day one there's no way that they're going to play in a 14-team league. But you do get to this point where you're like – yeah, you know, we got a year left. Well, we're not going to pay for it. We're just going to wait it out. I mean, we'll, after this season, it's two years. Yeah. I mean, two years left in the grant of rights. Why not? We'll just go ahead and wait it out. Then that way we're gone. We end up making more money, and we didn't have to take any money from our coffers. Now, Texas, for some reason, likes to talk about how rich they are, and it's like, oh, well, we could do this tomorrow if we wanted to. 
80 million is 80 million. All right, I'm, I, I don't care whom you are. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. I don't care if you're Juan Soto and you turn down $400 million. $80 million is a lot of money just to say bye, like a divorce. And what do uh, successful businessmen and women typically not like to do? Waste money. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, anyway, I, it's a fair question, Kelly, and we talk about it a lot. A lot, but I just I don't I don't see any, and I mean any situation where where this is going to be resolved, where we get an answer anytime soon. I just think it's going to be something that maybe in the middle of the summer of twenty four. Oh, we're off to the big uh, the SEC now. Dead of night next spring or summer. Yeah, it's going to be something completely random on like a random August afternoon. Teddy and Tyler will be on the air, and it's like, whoa, breaking news. Oklahoma and Texas are on their way now. It will break during either the Steel Man and Thuna right. News show or the Rush. It will not be on these airways. It will not break during this show. All right, quick break for us when we come back. Gosh, this show's flying by. We'll wrap up hour number two with you. more of your text next right here on The Ref. From the 405, I think Turnip Seed would rather use some of the 80 mil to help upgrade facilities to help us be ready for the SEC. Probably so. Which, again, the closer we get, the more I just think that honestly makes more sense. Mm. I, I I don't know. I go back and forth on it because you're going to recoup that cash if you get it reworked. The quicker you go, you know, the quicker you're going to recoup that cash, the yeah. more years you're getting an SEC payout. Bridget from Fort Cobb now has the super secret text toso line. She writes... Coach V, his staff, his team, and all the volunteers were amazing Saturday in the ladies' clinic. It was so wonderful, and they made us feel so welcome. I re- It renewed my spirit as an OU football fan. That That's what I was trying to spit out a little bit earlier whenever we kept getting sidetracked by air conditioning recommendations. If you're an OU fan, and maybe, and you know, I was like, ah, you know, I love this team. I won a title in a while. Go sit with Brent Venables, like the the ladies' clinic on Saturday. You're ready to run through it. And it rubs off on you, that dedication, passion. so awesome. Quick break. It's Plank Show right here on The Ref.